This is Real Estate Rookie episode 234. In order to raise money, in order to do those types of things, people have to like, know, and trust you. So a great way to build that trust and likability and get to know the people is through posting very consistently on Instagram. And what that translated to for me was over $10 million in capital raised through my social media platforms for my for my projects. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we bring you the inspiration, motivation, and stories you need to hear to kickstart your your investing journey. And we like to start these episodes by shouting out folks in our Ricky audience. And today's uh, review comes from Azari E. And Azari says, this is a must-listen podcast. It's my go-to for keeping my mind focused on real estate investing. The episodes are filled with digestible bits of information, fantastic guides on how to invest, and relatable stories from other real estate investors at all levels. The hosts are authentic and super pleasant to listen to, and I listen to them on my runs, making both of them super enjoyable. Azari, I appreciate that, especially the part about the hosts are super enjoyable to listen to because there have been quite a few other reviews that have said quite the opposite. So I appreciate you, brother. But hey, if you guys can, if you haven't yet, leave a five-star review on whatever platform it is you're listening to. So Yeah, thank you guys so much for those of you that have left your reviews. We really appreciate yeah. it. We should maybe do that during like BPCon where we just like read all the mean reviews that have come in. <laughs> like uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, like the <laughs> yeah, like the mean tweets because we got a lot of them. There's a, there's enough for us to get through like a, a few. Of them, we do so. talk about crying at the end of this episode. We so do. Why not make me cry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're here live at BP Console. So this is, I think our, our second episode we've recorded since we've been here. So this one was super impromptu. We're just sitting down here like in a little media room, and then a very special guest walks in, and we're like. You haven't been on the Ricky show yet. We got to change that right now. So within five minutes, we start like recording this episode. So this is a real estate superstar that yes. is coming on. She started out doing DIYs at the age of 18, buying properties, fixing them up, and then renting them out. And since then has transitioned to raising money for self-storage. Yeah. So today's super special guest is the one and only Investor Girl Brit. Uh, she's insta-famous. She's crushing it in real estate. And we brought her on some to, to hear her story, but more so to talk about how she focused on building her platform early on, the impact it's had on her business, and what she would do today if she had to start all over in building that platform. And more specifically, how it actually you know connects with you guys as rookies, like mm -hmm. why you should be doing it now, you know, not having any experience, yeah. maybe just starting to learn about real estate and how you can actually add value to other people because of that. We also talk about how a case of food poisoning changed her life forever <laughs> yeah. for the better. So you make sure to listen for that part. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the BiggerPockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. 
or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we bring on our special guest today, we do want to address a rookie reply question. So this question comes from JP Bailey and was posted in the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. Today's question is, How do you network and partner with more experienced investors when you feel you have nothing to add value? I'm aware that this might just be me being too hard on myself. Tony, I think this is actually a great question and very relatable to a lot of people. Totally. I mean, even like, even for me, Ashley, right? Like when I think about the investors that are more experienced than me, a lot of times I have to question myself and say like, what value can I add? So I I do remember being a rookie with zero deals and that is a a very real feeling, but I I think there's a a few things JP that, that you can look at. So even if you have no deals, do you have time? Right. Like time is one of the the most constrained resources that a lot of uh, other successful investors lack. So if you can just bring an abundance of time to help them do the things that maybe they don't have the time to do there, that's a tremendous way to provide value. So, for example, say that you want to work with someone that's an experienced flipper. And maybe they don't have the time to run to Home Depot to get supplies, or maybe they don't have time to, uh, you know, cold call people to try and get more leads, or maybe they don't have time to like, there's so many different things going on in that business that are important, but not necessarily the best use of that, that investor's time. So if you just have time, that's a great way, I think, for you to add value. And then another thing is ability, right? So even if you don't necessarily have experience flipping homes? Do you have experience maybe creating systems and processes, right? Maybe you can be the person that at the beginning of every job, you walk the property with the the crew and you create the scope of work and the budget. Or maybe it's your duties to uh, look at all the comparable properties that have sold recently and you use that to create the scope of work. There, There's so many things that go into creating a successful real estate project where even if you don't necessarily have experience in real estate, but you have experience with other skills, you can still provide value to someone that's uh, that's more experienced than you are. 
Yeah. So I think that our guests that we're bringing on today will relate to this even more. So we're bringing on, as we mentioned in the intro, Investor Girl Brit, and she actually talks about how she has partnered with AJ Osborne, the king himself of self-storage. I mean, the if you think self-storage, you think AJ Osborne. And she also had that kind of limited mindset about herself as to, you know, wow, he's this huge investor and I'm just, you know, burying these $30,000 houses in (laughs) nowhere Canada. And so, but she talks about how she did add value and she found a way that something he didn't have. But as far as like the networking piece and not even trying to partner with someone, but to network with them and make that connection, people really like to talk about themselves. So find something that that person is interested in and start talking about it with them, asking them questions about it. Investors are probably tired of answering the same questions over and over, and they won't get that light inside that won't, you know, spark a fire inside of them talking about those same things. But if you can find something that maybe they don't get to talk about a lot that they really love and really enjoy and make a connection that way and kind of build almost like a friendship, um, before you even get into the real estate side, Tyler Madden, I feel like that is like his superpower, an investor out of Denver. He's really good at that is like finding out what people are interested in and becoming friends with them or making that connection before it's even like talking business. How can we each add value to each other? Things like that. So it's just really think about just social skills in general. I mm-hmm. like dating. Okay. If you're going to date someone, you're going to try and find out what they're interested in. You're not going to be right away. Okay. Let's get married. How many kids do you want? You want two, three, two, three kids or whatever. You're going to find what interests them and you're going to do things that interest them. So they like you and vice versa. So mm-hmm. I think there's, you don't have to right away know how to add value to someone. It's more about making that connection because think about how many times you hear people saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if people genuinely like you and they feel that connection, they're going to feel pulled to want to work with you, to want to do something with you. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up like the the networking side of it, because I think a lot of people overlook the the role that social media can play in building that network. And like I, I think for me, right, there, there's a lot of people that you know reach out to us on social media and, and ask questions, but there's always that one person that like comments on almost every single post that I put up as soon as I post it. And I've met some of those people in person, and as soon as I see them, I'm like, hey, I, I know you, right? It's like, what are I? And like, oh, I'm the one that always comments on your stuff. So like, if there's someone, uh, JP, that, that you look up to or that you do want to partner with, maybe just kind of start being super engaged in, in their Instagram comments. And every time they post something, and you know, don't just put like a little fire emoji, maybe do something like this more insightful, right? That's like a, a, a value add comment to the rest of the community. And if you're the first person to comment on every single thing that they post, eventually that, that relationship will naturally start to build. Oh, stalk someone is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It, I think that works up to a certain extent, right? Like if you're, if you're trying to network with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, I don't know if that approach will work, but you know, if it's someone that's, that's kind of a smaller influence, I think there's a, there's a path forward there. Yeah. So let's get into it with Brett. And I think that you guys are going to be able to relate to a, what, a lot of what she says. And, you know, even though this is the rookie channel, we love to bring on those rookie investors once in a while. We love to grab that expert at something and break it down for you guys how 
the thing that they're doing can really propel you if you start doing it now as a rookie. So let's bring on the famous Instagram investor girl, Britt. Britt, welcome to the Rookie Podcast. We are so happy to have you. Why don't you start off telling everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got started in real estate? Well, cool. Thanks for having me, you guys. I can't believe I haven't been on the show before. Because <laughs> you're too heck? experienced. You're not a rookie <laughs> yeah. anymore. True, true. <laughs> well, we all have been there. So first house I bought when I was 18 years old, and I got that one. <laughs> it's a weird story. I never know how to get into this because I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird. But I got food poisoning when I was six years old, and the restaurant paid insurance money out to all the people who got super sick. <laughs> so I had this chunk of cash. And when I was 18, I bought my first rental property. So it was a $25,000 house. And part of that food poisoning money went to pay for that. And then I worked for the rest of it. The rent was 850 bucks a month. Wow. So I'm like, I don't know anything. But I do know that 850 over the year, it, this house is going to be paid off in a few years. So it's almost one of those things where nowadays we have so much information. It's information overload. But mm -hmm. me at that time, I'm like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like very simple math. Let's do it. So learned a lot just after that first deal. I mean, that's got to be like the best food poisoning experience that I've ever heard it's before. The best. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I mean, first kudos to you for being 18 years old and thinking I just got this like $25,000 check and I'm not going to go blow it on like, I don't know, things that 18 year olds buy, but I'm going to buy real estate. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you like, how did you get to that point? Like, was someone coaching you? Was someone teaching you? Like, what was the, the trigger that made you say, let me buy real estate instead. Well, my mom had tenants in our house because she needed helping the mortgage. So mm. there was a point where she would she would have tenants. We had basement tenants and all of this stuff. And it, I saw her not being able to afford the property to being able to afford her mortgage with renters. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense if you have rental income coming in every month. Mm. And then the other part of that was she got me and my brother to help her fix up these properties. Mm. So she's like, all right, here's a paintbrush. You're eight <laughs> years old. Like, let's get to work. <laughs> so it was great because I learned a lot hands-on stuff early on too. Got it. So it was your mom that kind of planted that seed for you to become investor girl Brit that you are That's today. So for for our audience that doesn't know like how much of a beast you are in the real estate space today, like just kind of give us an overview of what, what your business looks like today. Yeah. So grew my Instagram following. It was a huge piece to this as well. So now I own 28 doors, I guess, in residential. So that's a mix between apartment buildings, some single family, but I'm kind of away from that now. And then self-storage as well. So syndic syndicating self-storage in the U.S. So I'm kind of also in U.S. and Canada, and this gets really complicated. So I'm like, but, but that's kind of been more my direction now, the commercial real estate space and working with amazing operators in the self-storage industry. But through Instagram, there's just capital that can be raised. There's deals that can be found. It's been a huge catapult really to get me to where I am today. We talk a lot about on this podcast about staying on the same path, like pick a strategy, pick your criteria and stick with it. Mm -hmm. So at what point did you decide, you know what, I'm going to pivot from single family, small multifamily to self storage. And what would be your advice to somebody as to when that time is right? 
Yeah, that's a great point because I think it is extremely important. Pick your path, get really good at it, but know that you can pivot in the future because so many people just, there's so many ways to make money in real estate. If I went full out into multifamily, I know I would be successful full out into self-storage. Like there's, it doesn't almost matter the path you choose as long as you just choose it and go all in. But the point of pivoting for me, especially from single family, was getting in rooms with people and masterminds where they were doing big commercial deals. And I just thought, okay, like if I want to scale and get to where, and I had this feeling like I really want to grow. I was really in my comfort zone with the single family. Like I'll be doing DIY single family till I'm dead. Like I'm never going <laughs> to stray away. And then all my friends at this mastermind are like, okay, like do whatever you want. But if you want to, you know, grow faster, it's probably better if you stop doing everything yourself. But I was so comfortable in that. I didn't think I wanted to change, even though I kind of knew deep down because <laughs> it was hard. It was hard being in that world of doing completely everything, renovations, property management, Instagram, like I handled all of it on my own. But then getting in that space with all these these people who are doing the self-storage and the large multifamily and all that, I thought, okay, I can actually do this. And I just got a lot of confidence through that. So you basically became a rookie again. Yes. You became a rookie at a different strategy, a new business model. Mm -hmm. So kind of touch on that a little bit, what it was like, like here you were very experienced and expert in you know, long-term buy and hold, you know, in your markets and now completely pivoting and you're a rookie again in a whole different strategy. What was that like? So I think the mistake people make is they think they have to do it all alone. You can hire people who are amazing at what they do, and then you can use your strengths and then kind of start building a team. So that was difficult though, because I've never hired anyone. And then I was reading the book, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. He's like, I just hire people to hire all my people. So I said, I'm just going to do that. So I hired a company who helped me build out my whole team and just, you know, get that together because I had no idea. And that's part of it, too, because I wasn't I didn't understand the business side of it so much. I just knew how to buy single family homes and renovate them. But the business end of it, I just could never really grasp that. But that's there's so many amazing people out there. And it's better to all be working together and really just focus on your own strengths. So, Britt, obviously, the, the majority of our audience, they're, they're rookies who are like super early or haven't even really begun their journey yet. Would you have been able to build that team on day one? Or did you have to kind of grind it out yourself first before you got to that point of being able to add those people around you? I think that's a good question because I do think it takes some time to figure out who you are mm -hmm. and what your strengths are. Mm -hmm. But really try pay attention to that and focus on it. Because if I was doing bookkeeping, like there's a lot of things <laughs> that I should not be doing. Yeah. I'm not very organized, but it's very consistent through even in high school or through my serving jobs, all these skills and what I'm really good at, I'm still really good at them and all, what I'm really bad at, I'm still really bad at that. So I think just paying attention to it and maybe people can start paying attention in their own job or, or life in general and write down all your strengths, all your weaknesses. There's tests you can do online, like mm -hmm. the disc test and um, there's one called working genius. And then you can really just figure out, okay, I'm really good with this. And then 
eventually, maybe it's not right now, but eventually when you start to partner or build a team, you'll have a good understanding on what that should look like. I think the other thing, and this is what I struggled with early on, was like just being able to afford to pay people, right? It's like when you're first building your business out, like there's very little money coming from your business. So you do have to kind of do everything. Mm -hmm. But the decision you have to make as you start to scale is... Do I take the the additional profits that are coming off and use that to inflate my lifestyle or or do nicer things for myself? Or do I take that additional money and reinvest it back into the business by hiring the right people around you? And we've made the decision to hire hire more people to, to kind of build that team out. And I feel like that's unlocked so much more growth because now, like you said, we're able to to really operate in our areas of strength and not our areas of weakness. Absolutely. And it is so I very much struggled with it because I couldn't understand. I'm like, how am I supposed to pay someone 50000 a year? I'm not making anything. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm burying and I'm trying so hard. All the yeah. money is going to renovations. But the sooner I hired, it was it was the best thing ever because it just takes stuff off your plate so you can be in gives you more what gives you energy and what will actually move the business forward instead of doing all these little tasks that just take all your time and then you'll never be able to you just get there so much faster but I think also thinking about it in a way where it's not I'm paying someone 50,000 or whatever it is for the year it's no it's a three-month contract like think about it more short term can I afford each month and then go go at it that way so Britt something that you've done phenomenally well is build your presence online and we talk to a lot of rookies in our audience and we tell them that uh, your, your platform, if you want to scale, is one of the most important assets you can build. So first, can you share with our listeners how big that platform is for you today? And then second, if you were, if you were starting new today as someone who had zero followers on any platform, what steps did you start taking to build that platform out? So I'm at 250,000 on Instagram. That's my main platform, but I'm trying to get on all of the different ones now, too. But it is the best thing I ever did. And I went to a real estate conference, my first kind of one back in 2016, I would say. And I met a mentor there who told me, Britt, you have to start doing something right now to build your credibility as an investor. Start a newsletter, start something. And so I started a blog and I'm like, this sucks. We have to find that blog. (laughs) We'll post it in the show notes. You know what it was called? I forgot about this. It was called Little Investments on the Prairie. (laughs) Because I had all these little $25,000 houses. But I'm not a writer. And it was just really difficult to keep up with. But then I found Instagram. I didn't have Instagram previous to that. And I didn't even want it. I didn't want to be on social media at all. But then just from this mentor, I thought, you know, that is a good idea. It took me a year to get to a thousand followers and I thought this is impossible. I don't know how to grow social media. This is so hard and so much work, but I just kept very consistent at it. I'd post Wednesdays and Sunday, Sunday. So I post consistently all the time. And then I discovered, you know, lots of people are interested in the video side of things and the transformation of the space. And because I was doing all fully renovating the house on my own. So people started to be interested in that. And I started getting reposts and, and it really worked for me. So I think when people People are building their page. You don't. What stops a lot of people is they think they have to be experts, but you don't. People just need. People want someone to relate to. So that's more important than anything. It's building your story and showing 
transformation of yourself as a person too. things you're learning, different things you're doing. So I think posting just about, even if you're reading a book and then you could say, Hey, I read this book, who not how, and I learned this thing and now I'm, you know, growing and expanding my mind, but you can always find someone in, in an audience that, that can connect to different things. You just have to keep trying different, different ways. And, and it's actually been hard for me because I was doing the DIY renovations for so long, but then I pivoted to commercial real estate. I'm like, I don't know what to post anymore. (laughs) Your Excel spreadsheets. I know. (laughs) This is so boring. But it's part of that pivoting again. And then I tried a whole bunch of different posts. Some of them went completely dead, just didn't work at all. But then you try something else and then just kind of find what works. So you have to just keep trying. Who was the first person that you hired to actually help you with the content creation side? Because you did it all yourself for a very long time. True. Yeah, Yeah, I did all the content creation. And the good thing is I have 50,000 photos and videos of all my renovations. (laughs) So even though I'm not doing my DIY renovations, I have all the videos that I could still use. I just had a viral reel. I got 2 million views. And I did that project five years ago. (laughs) So it's, it's pretty crazy. So I think just capturing as much content as you can, no matter what it is, even if you think it's kind of like, pointless. <laughs> you just take a video photo anyway, because your future self will thank you. <laughs> so what are some of the benefits of actually building a brand or getting your name out there? So for Tony and I, if we wouldn't have had any social media or he wouldn't have had his podcast, we probably wouldn't be sitting here mm-hmm. today because nobody would know who we were and True. how to reach out to us or what we were doing. Yeah. So, I mean, that definitely is a huge benefit is that you're provided opportunities because people see what you're doing. They get to know you through your social media. Mm -hmm. So what have the benefits been for you as an investor? Well, real estate is a people business and it's a relationship business. So the best way to build the relationships and a lot of them all at once is through social media, through Instagram. And you could do Instagram stories and people really feel like they're connecting with you because you can't tell if you're looking, your brain can't comprehend the difference of if you're looking at a phone. It's like I'm talking to Ashley, even though she's on my phone, we're not in person. She doesn't know who I am, but I feel like I know her. My brain's actually building that relationship with her. So people, in order to raise money, in order to do those types of things, people have to like, know, and trust you. So a great way to build that trust and likability and get to know the people is through posting very consistently on Instagram. And what that translated to for me was over $10 million in capital raised through my social media platforms for my, for my projects. So it's been pretty cool to see that. And then, and just friendships as well, because it's real estate's hard and it feels extremely lonely. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. We all know that we've all been there, but if you have people in your corner, you can build those relationships online as well. So you get friendships out of it. You get deals, you get capital investors, partnerships, everything. Yeah. First, congratulations to you. You said that real casually that you just, yeah, but that's, a, that's a big deal. Right. And I'm glad you shared that because it, it, it lets our audience know what, what is possible when you can build that platform. So I want to, I want to kind of connect it back to, to the audience about what they can do to get started. So you talked about posting consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about, uh, not necessarily needing to be an expert, but just kind of sharing your journey. What other things can you share with the rookie audience to say like, Hey, if you're starting from zero, here's some good things to do to build that platform. Yeah, I think there's so many different 
formats to do it on too. And it doesn't even have to be Instagram. If you're an amazing writer, maybe it's Twitter and LinkedIn and, and different ways, but kind of understand yourself. I'm very visual. So I liked Instagram for the photos and the videos, but if you hate photos and videos and you love writing, there's, there's opportunity for that as well. And then once you get, it's like the picking your lane thing. So you pick your lane and then you could expand mm. later on. Cause I kind of expanded in now, but for six years I was only doing Instagram and now I'm all over, but it was just, you have to really pick and focus. And then um, I think a good tip is people think, oh, it's all about me and they feel weird. It's kind of like this self-promotion kind of uncomfortable thing, but put it to the audience. You're trying to help someone. You can change somebody's life. Like mm-hmm. you guys have changed so many people's life, lives through the podcast, through your social medias. And I think that's a good way to do it is, is to put it, think about it that way, kind of flip the script on that. And then also I heard a thing from Patrick Bet David, you know mm-hmm. who he is? Yeah. So he was talking about his grand, great-grandchildren and imagine all the things, the knowledge, the wisdom that he's sharing and he thinks about them watching it later on in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. And I thought if my grandparents had videos and they were sharing their wisdom, I would love to go back and watch that. So that's another way to to put it too. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was um, like, that's a cool way to yeah, think about it. Yeah, that's amazing. So, uh, I, you know, we, we talk all the time and I actually touched on it earlier too, that like neither one of us would be sitting in the seat if it wasn't for the platforms that we built. So Ashley had a pretty decent following on Instagram before uh, joining the podcast. I had my own podcast. And like you said, it's like you never know where those little things will, will take you and the opportunities that might come your way, right? So what what's next for, for you, Britt? Like what, what are you planning to do next with uh, with your social platforms and, and continuing to build those things out? Well, it's a good question because I never even know what's next, right? <laughs> it's just who would have thought? I never in a million years would have thought I'd be on a podcast, be speaking on stage. And that's the thing. You're just creating these opportunities for yourself when you really work hard and put yourself out there. So what's next for me? I'm still on the lane for self-storage, raising capital for that, and then just bought a multifamily in Canada as well that just kind of came across my plate through Instagram. So it's just <laughs> these deals that you don't even expect, but then later on down the line. Yeah, I think the, the biggest benefit is that things are brought to you that you don't even know you need in your yeah. life. Like you could post about something and someone say, oh, actually here, use this or buy this thing or whatever. And it's like, oh my gosh, this one little post I did, I don't even know, didn't even know I needed that thing. Or, you know, I never thought that I would be a podcast host, but (laughs) you know, I love it so much. So I think there's, that's like a huge opportunity and a huge advantage of sharing your story, providing quality content. Um, yeah, like I'm going to post a, you know, a picture of me in a cute outfit, probably in front of the sign later on and post it with, you know, some stupid caption, but you know what, the other stuff I try to actually put like some kind of content behind it as to some, something that you can learn from it too. And I think that makes a big difference too, is, I mean, you go through and you show how to do county, uh, concrete countertops or something like that. You like, you actually tell people how to do it. And I think the, saw, the quality, so cool, by the way. I, yeah. <laughs> I actually used your videos to do the, yeah, the concrete countertops in my liquor store. We would like go through and like, look back. Okay. What products did she say? We needed? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I and it turned out that. great. That's so thank so you. But, yeah.
This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9 to 5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. But you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Corporate Direct is your professional and affordable option for getting your LLC done right. They handle the state filings, draft your operating agreement, and act as your registered agent. They'll even help you comply with the Corporate Transparency Act, a new federal disclosure law affecting every real estate investor. Corporate Direct is a family business founded by attorney, author, and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton over 35 years ago. Now, his son Ted is a licensed attorney working with him. Together, they've helped thousands of real estate investors form and maintain their LLCs and protect their assets. If you're trying to build a real estate portfolio, do not skip the LLC. Head over to corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Rookie and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. So along the, the lines of content creation and your social media, um, posting, everything like that, do you ever, like the mindset side of it, do you ever get like, cringy or like, oh, I'm a, I don't know what people think about this. Or like, even I doubt you probably get a lot of bad comments, but like, if you do, like, how do you deal with that side of things? When I first started my Instagram, I didn't tell anyone I was doing it because I just didn't want to be judged, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a full year before anyone I knew even found it. But how do you kind of handle that? It is difficult because naturally we focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. So you can get a hundred amazing comments and one negative one. And that's the one that bothers you the yeah. most. But I think just understanding that's part of it. Like you have to take the good with the bad. If you want these opportunities, if you want all this stuff, you have to kind of understand not everyone's going to like you. It's yeah. just part of how it is. You, you wouldn't expect that. So I think 
going into it understanding it's going to happen. There's no way that you can be online posting consistently and not get some negativity mm. and some like the cringe worthy ones where you're like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. So because it can be weird. And I just started speaking on camera because I was doing my DIY renovations, just working and posting the videos of me working. I never actually did face to camera on my feed. I do it in stories, but not actually telling a, a 30 second story on a reel. Yeah. And it is really difficult <laughs> and I watched the video and it's just so embarrassing and it'll take me 15 minutes to get a 30 second clip because mm -hmm. I can't even remember one sentence it's just <laughs> this is really hard so I think just that practice and consistency and then even if you feel really weird about it it's it could help someone else so I think just posting it and then trying to get better all the time I appreciate you sharing that because I think someone looks at you who has you know almost 300,000 followers, they think that you've got it figured out. So the fact that you even still struggle to get that content in a way that you like it, that you feel comfortable sharing, I think it hopefully it makes it easier for the folks that are listening to the podcast as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So one, one other question for you, Britt. So do you ever feel that you have to take a break from social? And, and here's why I asked that question. For someone that's just starting out, Obviously, there's a certain sense of motivation that comes from seeing other investors kind of crushing it in their space. But I think oftentimes you also feel that there's like this, I don't, not imposter syndrome, but it's like you feel like, man, like they're doing so much better than me. Can I ever get there? Right. And obviously your business has grown a lot. But even for me, I still see people like, man, that guy's crushing it. That girl's crushing. Like, I, like it kind of makes you second guess yourself as an investor. Right. So do you, do you ever feel like you have to take a break from social media just for like your own mental sanity or, or how do you navigate that? Well, that's a great point because comparison is a terrible thing. Yeah. And the only thing we can do is try recognize that and then say, you know what? You had to compare yourself only to your past self mm -hmm. and see that progress there. Because there's no point if you, because I felt that all the time, this feeling oh, I'm so behind. I'm like, mm -hmm. why can't I get this? This is so frustrating. And I've been there so many times, but I think just understanding that. And then as soon as you think that, just catch it and then say, no, you know, if I think back to 10 years, mm -hmm. how much have I grown? So I, I haven't had to really take much of a break in that way, but mm -hmm. I've definitely had those feelings. Mm -hmm. And all you can do is know that you are here right now and you're working really hard and you will get there. There's no way you can fail if you keep going. Even if you have bumps along the way, you lose money on a deal, that's okay too because you're going to learn so many lessons from that. And the only way you're going to fail is if you quit. I think you and I kind of went through a time period around the same time of not knowing where we wanted to go next. Like, mm -hmm. where was our pivot going to be? Like, I remember being at AJ Osborne's office together and you were very much like, I like felt overwhelmed with things and you were trying to figure out, you know, what was the next thing for you? And I think that's kind of where it blossomed with self storage, everything like that. And mm -hmm. I went through the same thing and that's where like, okay, I want to do like cabins and, you know, land and campgrounds, things like that. But it was, um, so you have like, I think those two, two things. It's not knowing what to do next, what to do better, what to do greater, like to keep up with everyone, it seems like. And then also that imposter syndrome, like, am I really doing everything that I could be? Do I even know what I'm doing? You, you know, even on the, the plane ride here, Usually I travel with my life auxiliary, my security blanket, and I was alone on the plane and I'm like texting them with like tears strolling down my eyes. Like, I feel like I'm such an imposter. Do I even know anything about real estate? I have to talk on stage. Like, 
<laughs> the poor lady having to sit next to me, oh. probably looking over at me. But like also having that accountability, like that business partner or that friend or whatever, mm-hmm. who like just helps you build back that confidence and like mm-hmm. reinforces it for you. So yeah, Daryl's actually behind the camera rolling his eyes at me. But, <laughs> but I think it's important to be like honest about those things. Those things happen and you know, just making your, your mindset stronger and stronger as you go along with the journey and, you know, not worrying about outside factors because social media definitely has changed the world on that for sure. It has. And yeah. we put people on these pedestals and then we think, oh, they have everything figured out. They just yeah. have no problems. And it's not that way at all. They're just really that all of everybody, no matter what level you're at, they all have imposter syndrome mm-hmm. in different rooms mm-hmm. and, and it just depends what it is. But we, I think just knowing that we all feel the same right. is comfort in yeah. itself. <laughs> have you, you, you mentioned who not how by Dan Sullivan. Have you read the gap in the gain? Yeah. So that, that was like a really eye opening book for me because I think most people that are entrepreneurial, they're, they're so driven to focus on like what's next mm-hmm. and like, like what am I working towards? And like, here's the goal. How do I get there? But we struggle so much at like looking back and saying like, what have I already done? Mm-hmm. And when I read that book, it kind of gave me this, this like epiphany moment where it's like, I'm really, really good at looking forward and being aggressive in that way. But I am terrible at looking backwards and being like appreciative of what I've done. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, I'm not even like saying that you need to do this, but I'm like, just for me, like I'm talking to you guys and like, this is something that I've struggled with a lot. And if you have that imposter syndrome, I think reading that book, it like, it gave me a whole fresh perspective. So I highly, highly recommend it. Absolutely. Well, Brett, thank you so much for joining us for this. And thank you for going deep with us there. <laughs> I know our listeners probably appreciate, you know, all the honesty. So can you let everyone know where they can uh, reach out to you and find out some more information about you? Yeah, Investor Girl Brit on all of it. (laughs) Thank you, guys. This was really fun. Yeah, thank you for coming on. We literally just, Brit came into the room and we said, hey, you want to do a podcast? And within five minutes, we were sitting down. So great job uh, being put on the spot here. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm Ashley at Wealth from Rentals, and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will be back on Wednesday with another guest. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals. Enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today.
The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.